welcome to Patriots Nation UK, brought to you by me, your host, Matt Inkstar. Hey, how's it going guys, and welcome to episode 8 of Patriots Nation UK. I am at Matt Inkster on Twitter, and I write at PatriotsNationUK.com. Coming up this week, I have a very special guest, it's Rich King. He's a fantasy writer and co-founder of the UK Fantasy League with Ben Rolfe, who I had on the pod a few weeks ago. As well as him, I've got Lions Review, Titans Preview, but first, some news. In Patriots news this week, Danny Etling has been released. Um, he was a fun camp story to be looking at. You know, he was QB turned wide receiver slash special teamer, but he has since been released as of yesterday, um, August 13th, and... We have traded the Falcons for an undisclosed compensatory pick or um, draft pick of some sort anyway for tight end Enric Saubert. Um, I thought it was maybe pronounced Saubert, but it's on the Patriots Nation, <coughs> excuse me, Patriots website as Saubert. Um, so it's Enric Saubert has been taken from the Falcons for an undisclosed draft pick. Also, um, in training camp this week, Michael Bennett and Dan Skipper seem to get a bit heated and a bit of slapping and handbags going on. Nothing to be concerned about, really, I don't think. Um, to me, it's great to see the passion and the commitment between the guys. And, you know, that's just that competitive competitive edge that pro athletes have. You know, they want to be competitive. They want to get one up on each other and day-to-day evening soccer or rugby or whatever your sport might be, I'm sure it happens all over the country and all over the world that, um, you know, these things happen, spats happen, you have spats with your workmates in the canteen or at your desk or whatever it might be, you know, get it cleared up, have a bit of a grievance, talk it out and then move on and get back to work. Also, um, offensive lineman Cole Croston has been re-signed. Um, he was a bit part player last year, including in the AFC Championship game. It's good to see him back. Whether he makes the final cut, I'm not so sure. But, you know, to have another offensive lineman in there is always a good thing. I think he maybe will um, ultimately make the cut, but we'll wait and see in that one. And defensive back D'Angelo Ross... He was released. He has not been picked up on waiver, so he's since been placed on IR and essentially will be redshirted for the next year. He'll slot into the practice squad, um, get a bit of a development for a year, and we'll see how it is this time next year in 2020 if he's going to make the, the final 53 or not. So moving on to the Detroit Lions review, um, if you're like myself, you've probably heard um, quite a few things about it. you've read it on Twitter and such like there's not really much more I can cover to be honest than what has already been said um, someone who I did think didn't get much of a mention which I was a bit surprised by was Brandon Bolden um, re-signed the running back this off season and it's clear to see why he has been re-signed that guy is a unit to me he's a lot like, if possibly not better than um, C.G. Anderson, you know, that kind of sturdy, broad-shouldered guy, 10-pin bowling ball, just wants to bash right through anyone, and, you know, he'll quite happily take contact and pick up an extra two or three yards after contact, um, even with four guys trying to jump on top of him. So I thought he had a good game um, against the Lions, um, Jacoby Myers, obviously one of the standouts, has had a great training camp so far, the undrafted free agent. Um, but going forward, can he keep it up, basically, is what we want to see. We want to see him um, come out on top. He is someone that everyone's been raving about, everyone is now looking forward to, to see how he gets on day to day, whether he can continue or if he's just going to fall off a cliff at some point. Has he reached his ceiling already? Or can he take it even further? Um, excited to see how he gets on this week. 
um, against the Titans. Um, Brian Hoyer, wow, well, he had a, a, a good stint for the time he was on the field. He's There's been talk of the Patriots maybe going to two QBs with Jarrett Stidham being the one that steps up and takes his place, but I know it was just preseason week one against the Lions, um, but he's not going down with that fight. He is there to be the backup quarterback, and by the looks of him, I'm happy for that to be the case. Stidham was, he looked reassuring and exactly how I expect him to play. I don't know if the defensive line was up to much in in Detroit, but you know our guys certainly helped him off. He had time in the pocket to you could see him going through his progressions and through his reads, quite happy to throw into traffic, and he's got a good arm on him as well. So Stidham looks really good, but I didn't expect Hoyer to look as good as he did. But you know, well, I think he's 36 or something now. Um, the veteran's looking good. As I say, not lying down without a fight, and I think and otherwise, unless otherwise told, the QB2 um, backup QB role is his until otherwise notified, as I say. Um, Chase Winovich and Jamie Collins, brilliant games they had. Winovich, I'm so excited about him. And circling back just slightly, I just forgot, um, if you've not listened to episode one of Patriots Nation UK, Myself and my friend Stephen, we run through a Jimmy G, Jarrett Stidham comparison. So he is someone I'm looking out for, certainly, and it was great to see him um, have a good preseason week one in a competitive game. Um, so back to Chase Winovich. Again, someone else I've raved about in this offseason. He's my kind of guy. I love linebackers. Dante Hightower being my favourite um, Patriot on the current squad and possibly of all time going forward. Uh, Winovich is, I just like the linebackers. I like seeing the guys run into each other as fast and hard as they can. And Winovich looks like he's going to be that sort of um, outside linebacker, defensive edge type player, exactly like what one of my other um, past favourite players, Rob Ninkovich, was like. Um, Jamie Collins, another one who had a stellar game. I think he's a lock-on for this squad now. He makes the cut at the 53 He's someone that has earned money elsewhere and now he's back and he just wants to knuckle down and win some rings. The pair of them had great games, uh, a couple of good sacks. Um, I wasn't overly convinced by the Lions' offensive line. I don't know if it's because it's week one and you know it's third and fourth stringers that are playing or whatnot, but they just seem to get to the quarterback um, far too easy. Tom Savage maybe held on to the ball a bit much on occasion, which is strange for someone of his experience. You know, he should be better than that, but that's why he's a journeyman backup QB essentially. You know, um, if he was better, he might be have earned a starting role by now. But yeah, the offensive line I wasn't overly enamoured with by the Lions, and I, I've not really looked at their preseason so far or their training camp, but. If I was a Lions fan, I wouldn't be too convinced that um, Matt Stafford's going to be on his feet a, a lot during games. He could be sitting on his arse quite a lot, I think. So, yeah, overall, the Lions um, game was good for week one, good result. Um, happy to see them going for two-point conversions, try that. You know, these are the types of games you want to see them try in such a thing where it doesn't really matter. Um, if it pays off then brilliant people are speaking about running up the score again this is something I don't really understand um, sorry any of the American people who are listening to this it's not something I really understand You know, in Britain you go for the jugular each and every time and whether it's soccer it ends up being 10-0 or if it's in um, football and, you know, you've run up a score of 31-3 or 45-6 to six or whatever it might be. You know, you just keep going. You don't take your foot off the gas. No way, Jose. Um, just before moving on to the Titans preview um, and the Rich King interview, I just wanted to touch on something that's non-Patriots, but it's close and dear to my heart, is Golden Tate 
for the league to not cut the suspension on appeal or just rescind it completely. As far as I'm aware, the guy's been open and honest. He's been taking something to supplement something in his personal life. And he's been open and honest to the league. He's, yeah, okay, you maybe should read the back of a packet and the ingredients first. But, you know, once he's realised, he's gone straight to them and says, look, test me, you'll probably find this stuff in my system. Here it is, here's the... Here's what I've been taking. Um, I'm not trying to hide anything or whatever. And not just that, it's personal to me because I've been through the IVF process, not from his side of things. It's I don't know if it's a different way of working in America. If anyone wants to um, tweet me at Matt Inkster on Twitter, um, let me know. Um, but to have our family, we couldn't have done it without IVF. My little girl is now 19 months. And yeah, IVF is something that's very personal to me. And for the league to turn around and not even reduce the suspension, they've just denied the appeal completely. When, to the best of my knowledge, he's been open and honest about it, is outright disgusting. To tell you the truth, I'm not going to beat about the bush on this. This is absolutely downright sickened me in my stomach with this one. There's various things and there's Tyreek Hill or Kareem Hunt or you know, whoever you want to or, you know, AB being a diva about his helmet or whatever it is, whatever the news might be, but you know, now and again there's a story that hits you and hits you hard and Golden Tate he's just a man trying to have a family. He wants to provide something for himself and for his um, other half and he's found out the drugs that he was taking to help try and provide giving himself the best chance of having a family were detrimental to his career and to the league rules and he's went straight to them about it as I say come on NFL, come on Roger Goodall you know have a bit of a heart Um so yeah, to me it's outright disgusting. They should have let, if, even if they'd reduced it by half and give him a two-game suspension before taking it unknowingly and then know it and then coming to them and you know he's been open about it. Where well, I would have probably accepted that, but to just round flat out deny the appeal and give him a four-game ban is ridiculous, absolutely ludicrous. So yeah, moving on to Titans preview. Um, a bit of a happier note. Um, I'm back into training camp. Things seem to be going well. But we're still in the same position. We're still looking at wide receiver. Who can pick up wide receiver two duties or wide receiver three behind Edelman and Nikhil Harry. You've got Mo Harris. You've got Philip Dorsett. Mo Harris had a, a good touchdown catch against the Lions. And Philip Dorsett, steady ship, former... Um, round one draft pick but seems to have fallen down a bit further down the pecking order from the Colts and now with us whether you know neither of them are locked on to make the team really so a big week for them let's hope it continues for both of them let's hope they they play well because ultimately if they start playing well it should hopefully carry into this season and we can continue towards the seventh ring Left tackle, again, still up for d- debate. Isaiah Wynn has taken more snaps and snaps in 11-on-11s in training camp, um, but he's still rotating out with Dan Skipper. Skipper would be serviceable. Um, Joe Tooney was filling in, but then, you know, if he doesn't... If he comes away from guard position, then they've got to fill that. So then you've got two guys who effectively might not know 100% what they're doing, but... So they've just slotted Skipper in there. Potentially he starts week one as it stands. If they were, you know, if they were starting this week, if Titans was a week one game, Dan Skipper would be the one that starts. Isaiah Wynn would catch up. Um, but there's still time for Wynn. I still think he overall will win out because that's his position. That's what he, what he's there to do. Um, Trent Williams from the Redskins. The Redskins have knocked the, the nail on the head with that one. That's not going anywhere. Not that I thought it would come to anything anyway. But 
so yeah, Isaiah, <coughs> excuse me guys, um, Isaiah Wynn, that's who we're looking to see um, actually progress this week against the Titans. Titans, Saubert's been brought in, uh, brought in um, Lacoste looked good, but he's got an injury just now, so we'll see how Saubert gets on this week. Um, hopefully some more, see some more of the starters this week. Uh, Damien Harris, maybe more Winovich, please. Yes, then, thank you. And... Yeah, there's not much more. I can't really break down too much with these preseason games just now. Um, let's see how they pan out. Saturday night game, which is great for us in the UK. And coming up, other out, outside of Patriots news, you've got Scott Hansen announced um, Red Zone for preseason. I think it's the last weekend of August. Um, all the games are at the same time, so. That should be fun. I know it's going to be on late at night for uh, for us guys in the UK, but it's still something new, something a bit different, and it might start to give everyone, especially if you're a fancy guy, um, a bit of a better overall picture if you're someone who is into that kind of thing. Yeah. So, just before I get on to Rich King, um, for anyone who's not aware who have maybe are brand new to this podcast um, myself at Patriots Nation UK I try to be inclusive of other podcasts other blogs and such like in the UK you know we're one big community essentially Patriots get some hate now and again but you know whatever <laughs> that's that's par for the course I, get, I, t- I take it on the chin now but yeah so anyway um, I want to be inclusive I want to get other people on this podcast that I think will be of interest to you and to anyone else and Rich King is someone who offered up his help a little while ago and then yesterday we came to uh, an agreement that we would record something so we jumped on um, an interview together he writes for various fantasy um, writers He's involved with the Five Yard Dush guys and that. It's all an intro that you'll hear in just a second anyway. But my point being that, yeah, I want to be inclusive. So if there's anyone you think that should be on here, is there anyone you listen to, whether it's a general NFL podcast or if it's, you know, some a podcast I'm not listening to or a blog I'm not reading, and basically just to give people exposure. And, you know... I'm a Patriots fan, obviously, but I listen to other stuff on occasion. Generally, it's general NFL stuff, but now and again, I will jump on. Like the guys from the um, the Buffalo Bills, um, they were on. You know, I listen to their podcast now and again. Being a, a divisional rival, the, I've listened to stuff from guys from the Broncos, from the Dolphins, and and whatnot. And you know. As I say, we're all one big community. We all should be out there supporting each other and not beating each other with a tarry stick and um, dishing out the dirt, really, essentially. So with that, I'm going to hand over to the interview. So on this week's show, I'm glad to be um, joined by a fantasy writer. He writes for Rotopoller and FF Statistics. Um, he's also a podcast team member and writer for Five Yard Rush and co-founder of the hashtag UKFL, the UK Fantasy League, the biggest fantasy league in Great Britain right now as it stands. It's Rich King. How are you, Rich? I'm I'm pretty good. And, um, my, my wife's away for work at the moment, so it was a bit of daddy daycare today. Um, but yeah, he's he's asleep, so I'm I'm good and I'm ready to talk about some football. Ah, nice one. Uh, how old's your little one? Uh, he turned two last month, a uh, month before actually, two months ago. Ah, right, okay. So there's not much difference then, in really. Uh, my little daughter, she's 19 months, so she'll be two in January. Okay. Um. So yeah, I know how you feel with that one. My little one's in bed, and uh, it was when I get home from work. It's you know story dinner bath bed sort of routine kind yeah. of idea so yeah i know exactly how you feel <laughs> um so as i understand it you're an accountant by day and you're a sports writer by night how did that superhero status come about or is it something that fell in your lap so to speak so for me writing about um fantasy football actually came after 
I, I originally wrote about NFL for um, for Liz, uh, Liz's site, uh, NFL Girl UK, as it okay. was then, which then rebranded itself as 99 Yards, I think. Um, yeah. And and I, I enjoyed that. And then I just kind of started falling in love with fancy football. I mean, as I, as I said to you before before we started recording, I like I like spreadsheets and I like data, and it was kind of a nice blend between you know data and spreadsheets and sports. So I just kind of uh, kind of fell into it a little bit, and um, it was actually Ben who co-founded the uh, UK Fantasy League who kind of um, helped me hone that part of my repertoire, so to speak, and actually got me the gig at Roto Baller and ff statistics i've just kind of held on to his coattails <laughs> that's uh well it's it's one way to get a foot in the door i guess isn't it yeah i mean ben ben's a great guy so without him i don't think i'd be in the position i am right now so um i've got a lot to thank him for so which i i often remind him of and he's always like no nah, no nah, it's all it's all your hard work but it is sometimes nice to have that guy who can open that door for you a little bit so you can get your foot in. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of like how I fell into fancy writing. Yeah, I know the feeling. I was um, one of the jobs I've previously done. I got a foot in the door from uh, my father-in-law, thankfully enough. So, yeah, when you get a, a little helping hand now and again, it is good. And as you say, Ben is a great guy. He's actually um, been on the podcast, I think, episode three. I think maybe off the top of my head, um, fellow Patriots fan, so it makes him makes him even better, really. <laughs> and uh, not quite Patriots, but I know who you support. Do you want to tell the listeners who you support and why and how it came about that you support that team? So I'm a Green Bay Packers fan, um, and the reason why I support them is awful, but it's it's the truth. So. I really loved that 70s show when I was growing up and that was based in Wisconsin and they were all Green Bay fans. And so when I needed, when I started playing Madden and I needed to choose a team, I decided to go for the Packers because that's who they supported in that 70s show. And ever since then, it's just kind of stuck. That's not a bad um, reason, really. And it's it's funny that you say that as well, because just before... We started recording. I was uh, downstairs with the wife watching a, a TV show. It's a newer one called The Hot Zone with, I don't know how to pronounce her name properly. It's the woman who did The Good Wife. But one of the guys in that is Eric from That 70 Show. Oh, really? That's yeah. Well. It's uh, based on two, two events with Ebola virus. That's what it is. Um, but yeah, that's uh, sorry, that's slightly going off topic, and um, I just wonder as well, is there any advice that you would give to anyone, you know, that once again to write in our podcast and or you know whatever it could be for football or soccer or whatever it might be? I would honestly just say, just regardless of if if you can find a gig or not, just write because that's the that's the way that you can improve, and that's ultimately what you want to be judged on. It's very difficult to get your foot in the door unless you've got a content of work that you can show people um you normally be asked to do a, a trial article or two just so they can kind of figure out how you work and things but if you can get if you can get a body of work produced before that then that's that's going to put you in great stead because they can look at your work and they can always give you pointers i mean that's that's one thing i've always said if if someone wants me to read something or something like that they can just dm me and I'm happy to read anything and give like some like honest feedback, or I can just blow smoke up your ass if you want. It's uh, it's up to you. <laughs> uh, I think the the honest feedback route is probably the better way to go. Really, if it's you know the truth hurts on occasion, but it's better to be um, you know that way inclined than just lead someone down a path that they shouldn't be going. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'm always going to be honest if you if you ask for feedback, I'm going to be honest. But like, I'd, I'm not just going to say this is awful redo it or something like that like i would tr- always try and help because I, I remember being in that position myself and the best thing you can do is t- you know take a moment and just give some like actual proper feedback and say you know you should maybe think about styling it like this or changing this bit or being more consistent in this area and that's there are things that people can change just saying it's awful is no good to anyone yeah it's not really uh constructive at all really is it 
No, exactly. And um, one of the main reasons I wanted to get you on, it's something I'm involved with currently, and um, just before we came on air, I said that I'd signed up for next season because uh, sign-ups are out for next season, is the UK Fantasy League. And when I had Ben on, uh, I asked him about how it came about and things, but he suggested it'd be a good idea to get yourself on at some point and, you know, it's more your baby, so to speak, than his kind of. But, yeah, so how how did it come about, really? What, what was your idea behind it? In all honesty, the whole reason that I wanted to raise to to do it was to try and raise money for cancer research so my my brother got diagnosed with leukemia two years ago and he was given he was given some awful news so he he basically got told he had less than 50 uh 40 percent chance of you know living through it and he he was really lucky and got put on a cancer cancer research trial they you know he was fully funded and He's he's doing a lot better now. So he he got married and he's going on his honeymoon very shortly. If not, he's already gone. Um, and so his prognosis is looking really good now. But for me, I just wanted to give something back to to them because they gave my family so much. And I I'm not in a position where I'm going to be running a marathon. So I needed to think of another way to raise money and. Obviously, I'd heard of Scott Fishbowl, and I'm, I'm actually in it this season. And I thought, why not try and combine my love of fantasy football with trying to raise some money for, for charity? So the original league, actually, um, was supposed... It was completely different to how it actually ended up. So originally, it was going to be a kind of best ball-ish format. So if you imagine the like Premier League football um fantasy leagues that you have now with every player's got a you know an intrinsic value and you have to get your team under a certain salary cap yeah that's kind of what the league was going to be like that was my original idea because i didn't really have the ambition or think that there was going to be as big an want for the league as there has been and i thought i can whiz up a spreadsheet that'll just do this throughout the season it'll be super easy for me to do and hopefully people will play in it um ben kind of said well why don't we just see how many people we can get signed up to do you know like a traditional kind of draft i was like uh, okay let's let's see and i was thinking it wasn't gonna be that many and it just went ballistic so we we actually we had original plans to have about 80 people that was kind of what we thought we were going to have and we thought we were maybe going to be getting that right towards the end of the sea right towards the end of the um of the process and we got a hundred signups in the first weekend uh, over oh, wow. i think it was maybe it might have even been like 150 it was a ridiculous number and i just remember messaging ben and going um we kind of <laughs> need to rethink this <laughs> um we actually ended up with 335 oh was that including all your reserves and such like was that so it was all the reserves and everything like that so wow we had some people who they didn't show or they didn't respond, which was a bit disappointing, but Hey, there's always next season for those guys. Um, and yeah, it was just, we were absolutely blown away by the response. And, you know, we've had some pretty good feedback. I mean, f- for me, the, the whole premise of the league was it's unless you know people who want to play, it's really difficult to get in the league because you can join those random ones on NFL.com or ESPN or whatever you want. But People are just going to check out after a couple of weeks if they're not winning. And for me, it's about trying to get a league together for that bloke who none of his friends are interested in the game. He wants to play fantasy football, but he doesn't have the opportunity to. He wants to play in a decent league. And that was kind of what I wanted to do. I wanted to give that guy um, the opportunity to play in a league that he'd find enjoyable. Yeah, it's... uh... It's one thing that when um, Stocks and Murphy Five Yard Rush were on with me um, in one of my earlier episodes, that was one of the things I said said to them, and I say it all the time, is, you know, it's that thing where you'll see it on Facebook, on NFL UK Facebook or something, join my league or whatever. And so you join the league or you've been in a group of NFL fans for so long, but you don't know them really. You know, you just chat to them about general news and chit-chat, whatever. And so you joined a league and then three people check out by September 
So then you go, oh, well, if they're not trying, then why should I try? So then it's just a pointless waste of, waste of time, really. So then, as I said, I'm part of the UK Fantasy League and there's some of the guys in my league who were kind enough to make me commissioner because it's hard to run all these leagues yourself, I'm guessing. So it was a lot easier for you to dish out some of the um, workload to us. And I've been trying to be really engaging with everyone and even in my league there's two or three of the guys that it's their first time playing fantasy and um you know it's been good engagement and i think they've got a lot of it it seems you know it's pre-season week one is just finished and see week two is just coming up and they've got a lot out of it so far because as you say they have joined random leagues before and just gone no so this is for them it's their first time actually playing proper fantasy football as you know you want to know what it is yeah and, and do you know what they're the exact people that i wanted to sign up for the league they're the, they're the exact person i wanted to sign up um so yeah i'm really i'm really pleased that you uh that you're getting that kind of engagement and that's kind of that was the primary reason of the league was to try and bring people together i mean i keep saying it and it sounds really corny but that was honestly the first consideration was to try and bring like fans together so you, you you know you're watching red zone on sunday night and you can taunt some bloke in scunthorpe because you've just scored a huge 60 yard touchdown and his starting running backs injured that's what i want <laughs> i think the the app um sleeper that it's hosted on is brilliant for doing that because it's got everything integrated there's, there's one um dynasty league i'm in with um some friends from home and i'm trying to get them integrated into the chat of um sleeper because we use sleeper for the actual league itself but then we go offline so to speak because we've got a separate whatsapp group and it's we drafted for our rookie draft for as going in our second season this year and it was so awkward going back and forth between whatsapp speaking as we're drafting to then go back into the app and draft when sleepers got it all there for you you can sit and chat it'll pop up and tell you when it's your pick and such like and it's a lot easier than you know what probably a lot of people are used to and it engages you a lot more i think yeah i mean i i've got nothing but praise for the guys at sleeper i mean if it wasn't for the guys at sleeper i don't think this league exists to be to be that blunt about it so we me me and ben have both had chats with their developers and they've been really helpful in helping us set up all of these leagues and the divisions and the scoring and stuff like these guys just want that the good thing about sleeper and i think it's hugely different from all of the other sites out there is these guys are fancy fans first and then their developers second so all they want for you is to enjoy your league and the other stuff is as a secondary consideration for them. And that to me is why they're, they're going to succeed because they've got the right mentality. I really yeah. enjoy the sleeper app and I'm trying to get all of my leagues on it because I, it is just the best out there. The, the developers just keep wanting to make the um, improvements and it's, it is, it is just, I can't speak highly of it enough. Yeah. And I think, um, I've joined so many more leagues this year because they're hosted in Sleeper and it's I've joined more leagues this year than I have done previous years because um, you know the the varying types whether it be a half PPR league or um, full PPR super flex whatever it is it's it's all there and even one of the leagues that um, Murph and Stocks have set up was the tiered PPR league that I joined with them guys and it's all it's completely different to anything i've ever touched before and you just can't get that customization whether it's on espn yahoo nfl.com whatever other platform you want to use i just don't think i've not personally tested all leagues um formats and um platforms but to me i as far as i'm aware you can't get that customization anywhere else and that's testament to the guys at sleeper yeah i mean that that whole um tiered ppr thing do you do you have you read about how that came about? Um, to be honest, no. But you're going okay. to tell me, aren't you? Yep. So literally what happened is, uh, if you listen to the fancy footballers, Mike Wright from there, 
he was engaged on Twitter in a chat with someone and they said, wouldn't it be awesome if there was some type of a scoring system where if someone caught a longer pass that they were more rewarded? And he said, yeah, that would be really awesome. Um, Sleeper, that's something to consider. And they said, yep, yeah, okay, we'll do it. <laughs> like, as easy it, as that. <laughs> like, honestly, that's, that's how it was. And it was just like, yeah, let's do it. Like, that. that's the... They just want to... They, and this is exactly what I said. They they just want you to enjoy your league, and then mm. they're happy that you've enjoyed it. That's what they're looking for. Yeah. And um, moving on from the the sleeper app just slightly, and onto something a little bit different that we've touched on sort of is we're now in the midst of training camp and preseason, and as I was saying, we're between weeks one and two of preseason. How have you seen things from an overall perspective and also from a Packers perspective so far? So um, overall, I think I, I don't really pay too much um, attention to the first week of preseason, especially because you're mainly going to just be seeing you know guys who are going to be battling to make it on the roster. I don't think for me, it's more discounting things than proving things. So, and by that, I mean, if I expect a certain running back to be the backup, but they're not getting any meaningful snaps, then I'm not sure that guy's going to be the backup. Mm-hmm. Or if he just looks awful, then again, that to me would be a red flag. But um, from a Packers perspective, I think I think for me, the biggest thing is the defense actually looks like it might be effective. They're actually a sneaky um, fantasy target of mine. I think you know the the two Smiths coming across have improved our our pass rush, and Alexander's a great cornerback, and we've got Amos who's a great safety, and I I, I think I, I think the Packers they're always they've always got a fighting chance because they've got Aaron Rodgers, but I think Packers are going to be a good good team this year. Hmm. Um. I've not seen much of what they've been up to so far. I've tried to catch um, what I can in NFL.com, their training camp live and things, and I saw maybe five, ten minutes of the Houston game the other night, but I've obviously been concentrating a bit more on the, the Patriots so far. And because you're on the Patriots podcast, let's chat a little bit about Patriots. And have you seen anything so far from either, you know, what you've seen or read in the the news and the press and such like or anything that's just your own take that has intrigued you so far with the Patriots um, roster? So what I'm what I'm kind of more what I'm interested to see is who's gonna be the the guy. Who's gonna be the guy to replace Gronk? Now I'm not saying you can replace Gronk because Gronk is Gronk, but who's gonna be that guy who's gonna be trying to take those those targets? I mean everyone seems to be just pegging it it's, uh edelman but i don't know if you can really increase his workload too much um i think ben watson when he comes back he's going to be he's going to be effective um that to me is the biggest the biggest thing and i know there's this i can't remember the guy's name the guy who broke out in the first week yeah jacoby myers yeah so uh, he seemed to be quite a popular addition to to fantasy rosters in leagues that i was in um Mm. but i think for me, that's kind of lightning in a bottle. I mean, we've seen it quite a few times with the Patriots that they they don't care about your fantasy team. They just care about winning, and they're going to do that in the best way that they can. So, if you know, in any given week, if they need to just run, 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 and give Julian Edelman one target, then that's what they'll do. If they need to give him fifteen targets, then that's what they'll do. Yeah. The, the- the first game of the season, uh, well, preseason against the Lions, Myers was looking. Um, they had two or three athletic catches that were, you know, down by the sideline and into, into two-man coverage, and he was quite happy to receive the ball there. And but as you're saying, it's that's just a snapshot. The training camp's gone well for the guy. Week one's gone well for the guy. He might sit out um, this week, and as you and probably most others know you know it's week three that we're heading towards that you want to see who who's starting there and that's kind of starting to make up who you think will then sit week four and be starting consequently the following week in in week one of the actual season and 
to touch on what you're saying with Gronk, I'm still not sure, and I've been watching as closely as I can, given family and work commitments, to who's going to take those targets. And again, it's been touched on with what I've said with friends or on the podcast before that um, I, it could be that there's one person, it could be Myers be that person, it could be Watson be that person, although it could just be blown out the water and Bill doesn't care about fancy as per usual and it's spread over the whole team, whether that's giving it to James White or Michelle coming out the back or someone going long and just catching it like Gronk used to do. It could be anyone. Um, I'm just not sure, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, the coaching staff is that good that if it was the assistant manager at Foot Locker, then he would probably be effective. They just seem to be able to scheme anyone who they want to be open. I mean, Brady seems... I struggle with Brady because he has to slow down, right? Because he's just getting old. But um, And Father Time is undefeated, as they always say. But mm. he just seems to be... He really he seems to understand his body and he seems to understand the offense. He knows that now he's not taking those deep shots downfield. He's more... I'm just going to manage the game really well. And I'm just going to beat you with my mind. And I know what coverage you're going to run. And that's, and I'm just going to pick, pick the pass to, to unpick it. Yeah. He seems to unthread quite a lot, whether it be, um, as you say, like there's not, they go, Oh, he's not got an arm anymore, but he doesn't really need an arm because he can see what's 30 yards in front. And that's all he needs to just keep, ticking on down the field towards the end zone really isn't it yeah exactly and um i, w- I was going to ask you about fantasy relevancy but you know it, as we're just discussing it's all over the shop a little bit but for anyone that's um plays an idp league is there anyone that you've seen that kind of catches your eye in the defense um, so i'm so not really a, i'm not really an idp guy but um yeah <laughs> certainly um yeah, you know, the the defense in New England's always been effective. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, as I said, I'm not really an IDP guy, but I know Gilmore's certainly going to be an effective guy this season. Um, yeah. yeah, you guys just seem to spawn pass rushes. You got Michael Bennett on the roster, right? So yeah, Bennett's there, and the other one who stood out so far, going by week one, anyway, is the return of Jamie Collins. He seems to be someone else that's going to be. Um, I think he's a lock-on for the roster um, as soon as he's come back, pretty much, because he's learned his lesson, he got his money elsewhere, and now he's just in to knuckle down and do what he's told, I think. I mean, it's just this is just what Patriots do, right? They just they they look at a player, they say, oh, did you release him? Yeah, okay, well, we're just going to turn him to a world, world beater again. So that's just yeah, what we're well, going to do. Yeah, this afternoon they've um, they've cut Danny Etling, the LSU QB tried to turn wide receiver special teams guy and they've picked up um Eric Saubert, I think that's how you say his last name, the tight end from the Falcons, I think it was. So again, just as we're saying, it's another plug and play guy. They've gone, right, you're this tall, you're this big, you're this weight, whatever, you're semi decent, yeah, we'll turn you into something a bit more than you actually are. Yeah, this is and this is what the Patriots have always been good at. And I've I've got like a really I've got a bit of an admiration for them in in a lot of respects because they just seem to look at guys and they say, you know what, you're, you're not a hundred percent of everything that we're looking for, but you know what, you run a slant incredibly well, better than anyone else. And we want you to run a slant for us. There's no, but you know, Oh, we need every receiver to run every, every type of play. Like, no, we just need you to do what you're good at. And then we'll put in another guy who's good at what he's good at. And that's how we'll win. Yeah, it was like DK Metcalf, um, who obviously went to the Seahawks, that he got so much stick. I mean, to be honest, I've not really watched much of him um, before or after the draft, but from all the things I had and heard and read, was he was getting so much stick for he just basically runs north south and that's it. But you know, if you were Bill and the Patriots and um, Josh McDaniels, you're like, right, if that's what you do, that's what you do, and we'll make you even better at it. And that'll fit in our scheme the way we want it to. Yeah, exactly. And um, in general, um, with the Patriots season, how do you think it'll go for us? Do you think they're the favourites or have you got anyone else in mind in the AFC that 
um, who's taken your fancy so far? So I think you can't discount the Chiefs because that offense is just really effective. And if they can make any kind of a improvement on their defense, then that's going to put them in good stead. I think the Colts were a bit of a dark, you know, not dark horse because they were obviously really good last season. But the injury to Andrew Luck um, has kind of called my want or thought that they'll be effective this season. Um, I think the Patriots are always going to be there because they're, they're like um, they're like the Germans in football. You just can never write them off. There's yeah, you, know, you can you can tell me on paper that this guy's not going to play and this guy's not going to play, and I can still say, well, yeah, but they'll they'll win because they just have this ability to make teams make mistakes, overthink it, try and zig while they zag, and that's that's kind of been their playbook as I've seen it. Yeah, and they can pick up 11 janitors and stick them on the field and seem to do something with them um, so far anyway. And the, as, you're, as you're touching, uh, saying there, sorry, um, the Colts, I've said this previously, that I think they're the biggest challengers, if not the, the team to overcome this year. But in the last week with all this coming out about Andrew Luck's leg and things, then yeah, I could be... Dance not a happy dance shortly because, the, as I say, they're, they're the ones I think were going to be the biggest threat. They've added the most um, out with the Patriots, I think, to bolster what they already had from last season. The Chiefs, I think, have lost a little bit, but they're still as good enough to be in championship game contention, if not Super Bowl contention. But the, the Colts from, have certainly been my one that, I've been saying so far that will be the one that topple us this year. But with the Packers as well, you were saying that you think you're going to have a, a good season. Do you think you can see yourselves going to the Super Bowl or is there someone else in the NFC that are is going to pip you to it? If you've got a if you've got an elite quarterback, you've always got a chance. I don't think it's realistic that we'll that we'll make the Super Bowl. Uh, I think we'll make playoffs. Um, but all you've got to do is win one game in the playoffs that's all you need to do win that game that you're playing that's it so as i say anyone who's got an elite level quarterback has got a chance to win i think in the nfc i struggle to look past the rams i just think their offense is is really good you've got three wide receivers who are maybe the best trio of wide receivers in the league um there might be some concern about Todd Gurley's knee, but I personally don't have as much concern as other people about it. I think he's still going to play. Um, so I think for me, it's the Rams or yeah, probably the Saints as well. I think I think they're a pretty good team as well. Yeah. So if I had to pin you down right now as to who you think will be pitching up in Miami in February, who would you go for? Um, I'm going to go for the Rams and... I want to see I want to see Rams Chiefs to be honest because I I don't think I don't think it would be able to live up to the game that they had in it wasn't in Mexico in the end but you know the really high scoring game that they had yeah but I just for me I just I like to see offenses going at it as much as I enjoyed the the last Super Bowl um, where it was more of a defensive show. Um, I do, I do just quite like seeing offenses going at it, seeing two quarterbacks just putting, a, trying to put a team on their, on their shoulders and try and win a game. Yeah, there is something about a, a good highlight reel that entices everyone. I think, and I think that was one, of, it was one of the main gripes of um, this year's Super Bowl was, you know, in my eyes, it's what the mantra is is defense wins championships and that's what got the Patriots over the line ultimately I think and just a slightly better scheming system than what the the Rams could offer unfortunately for them but yeah in general terms I think that's why everyone loves red zone isn't it you're just seeing touchdown after touchdown or big play you know en route to the red zone and such like and it it's something especially if you're a casual fan then that's the sort of thing that you love to see yeah, I mean that that's what people people want to see goals, they want to see touchdowns. And that's the exciting part of the game. So the more of those you see, 
the better the experience for the average kind of fan. Mm, for sure. And I just wanted to say thank you very much um, this evening for um, taking some time out and um, recording with me. And finally, I just want to um, give you the floor and let you plug yourself, to, uh, basically. Yeah, um, so I've got a couple of different things going on at the moment. I've obviously got the UK Fantasy League. I've got the... Um, I've got my my own kind of like side business where I'm selling uh, draft boards for live leagues, which seems to be going okay. Um, and obviously, you can find all of my work on Rotoballer and things. I, I'm always happy to engage with fans on on Twitter. You can find me at RichKingFF. Um, and it's been a pleasure to come on as well. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, much appreciated. It. We'll keep in touch and maybe get you back on later in the season and see how Packers and Patriots are doing. Uh, definitely, yeah. Love to. A big thanks to Rich King there for this week's interview. Um, I think you'll all agree he's a wonderful guy. What a great cause to be um, setting up a fantasy league for. It's the biggest in the UK. And, yeah, if you want to go chuck him some money, even if it's a quid, a couple of quid, you know... Um, Follow the links through his Twitter and through the King Fantasy Sports website. Um, and all donations are very, very welcome. They all go to cancer research. I'd be much um, obliged if you do so. He'd appreciate greatly and anyone who is affected by cancer, which is unfortunately pretty much all of us these days in the UK and worldwide, really. Um, so yeah, check them a couple of quid if you want to get involved. It's you, hashtag UKFL. If you've not already done so, jump on King Fancy Sports website and sign up for next year and follow along this year. That's pretty much it from me, guys, this week. Um, thank you very much for listening. And, you know, look forward to Titans game Saturday night. Uh, I think it's 1 a.m. UK time, but it's... A, it's late, but it's a Saturday, so, you know, no work on a Sunday unless you're um, unfortunate you do have work. But generally, everyone, um, no work on Sunday, so you can first stay up late, you know, stay at the pub and sit back and relax and watch the Patriots Titans at 1am on Saturday night. And until next week, guys, I have been your host at Matt Ingster on Twitter. I write on PatriotsNationUK.com. And until next week, guys, remember to do your job as there are no days off.